Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast. Hello. We're four friends talking about movies that they like, but maybe nobody else does. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. I'm Tony. We used to do movies that were unappreciated, but after seven years of that, we said, hell with it. We're doing... <laughs> There's nothing left. We're doing whatever we movies want. we want to do, uh, whatever we want you to watch and listen to us talk about. It really is a litmus test now. Is, is there a little bit of underappreciation for this? Sure. <laughs> there's always somebody who doesn't appreciate it. Right. Not everybody loves this movie, so we're going to do it. There's always is there a negative one. review? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's always Did at least one. It? And these people are bonkers. <laughs> I have action adventure. <laughs> I have drama and romance. Sometimes I have science fiction fantasy. Sometimes I just go rogue because that's who we are. She goes bandit round This style. week on the podcast is Tony's pick, though. No, it's is not. It? It's Tony's no, birthday. John's pick. I don't know. <laughs> it's my gift for We're Tony's kind of first birthday. I had three sips of an alcoholic <laughs> beverage and I'm trash now. Well, before we really start talking about the movie, this oh. is what I told Tony we have oh, to talk God. about. On the oh, podcast. your McDonald's trip? Yes. So today on the way well, let here. Let me tell him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So we go, we're, we were running late, and we're like, fuck, we didn't really eat anything today. Let's grab something real quick. So we go to McDonald's. I wish I had known, by the way, because I would have put it in order for some fries and a McDouble. Hundo mm. Pete. Told you. So, <laughs> so we go, we pull up, and, um, you know, what do you want, this and that, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then we pull up to the, to window. the window, and I go to pay, and she, the lady's like, you don't have to. The lady in front of us, the lady in front of you paid for you. I was like, What? And then I'm like, what are you talking about? And then... <laughs> and then paid it forward. So he pulls forward. Yeah. And he's like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why did she pay for us? And I and, said, it's a thing. Some people do. And I said, well, go, go get out of the car, run up to her and tell her, thank you for paying for our food. I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, we have, to, we have to do something. We can't just take this. You're supposed to pay for the pizza. <laughs> I did it. Because the person behind you ordered forty five dollars worth of food. Well, also, I didn't. I've never heard this ridiculousness. First of all, <laughs> second of all, I said Tony. Look, you don't. Some have, people just pay for the person behind them. You goes, no, 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 no. Yeah, she she told me this after we left the window to pay. So now I can't pay for the people behind us. And I'm like, well, thanks. And we can't say anything to the lady that bought for us. So I'm just, I'm just. Uh. And then she looks in the window. Hi, bye. And I'm like, oh, grab our food. And we're gonna chase her she down. She waved at us. So it wasn't she did it. It wasn't because the person in front of her did it. That's the indication yeah, I, I like got. That but she just decided person. to. No, do it. I've well, never heard of this before. The person behind you, you know, has Tony been had never people. heard of it, and you know, he really wanted to talk about it in the car. And I said, "No, we're waiting till the podcast because I think everybody else will have heard of this." Yeah, <laughs> well, like and then he's like, it. "Where did it come from?" And I was like, like I don't "Is know. it from a movie or something?" And what if I don't pay for the person? Am I going to get like seven years bad luck? It's not a chain letter you didn't forward, is it? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things that you hear in movies or TV shows. Where one person does it, then the next person, then, and like 25 people do it in a row. But in real life, if one of those people really did it, it might make it one or two cars. And then somebody's going, well, thanks for right. the free meal and going about their day. I was like, right. it's your birthday. Take the free food. I know. That was the weird part. It was <laughs> and, my birthday. I was like, is this who this person? Do they know me? And I might ask, <laughs> how much is the people behind me? If theirs was less than mine, I'll pay for it. If it was more, <laughs> Oh, no, I would I'm have not. had I known that was part of it, but... No, it's not because the one secret she keeps is this one. <laughs> it does, I love never get very fries. Fun. I've had people pay for my food before. It's like, oh, that's cool. I people pay for you for your food all the time, Mister Jazz Triangle gets free food. 
not 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 at McDonald's. I've had it happen at bars or stuff I'm like sorry, that. Miss, I've had fifteen shots of free tequila. I've had people I didn't want that tequila after shot number one. <laughs> I've had people buy me drinks and I've had people, you know, know me at bars. And go, oh, Tony, don't have to pay or whatever. But I've never been to a McDonald's and somebody's done that before. Yeah, no, I've never. It seemed like a weird thing. It seemed like a weird thing at McDonald's. At least something people post about on Instagram and social media too. Yeah, I would have paid for the person behind us, but I'm I didn't hear about to that. I'm starting to pay forward, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> don't make it all the way to the guy going. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like me. <laughs> All right, anyway. Because Secret son over there didn't tell me that part. I would be interested to talk to somebody who works at McDonald's and see how often that happens. Probably not often. <laughs> Say this week. I guess it would depend on where on the McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> it's John's pick. For Tony's birthday. It's your birthday. How old are you, Tony? 32? I'm 27 plus. Same age as Patrick Bateman. Oh, wait a minute. Patrick Bateman. Did you say Patrick Bateman? What a yes. coincidence. Is that Jason Bateman's brother? No, it's the character. Yeah, but it is. just watched. It is the brother of the guy in Less Than Zero, and it's the brother of the guy in... Shit, that movie I always want to do, but I know all of you will hate. It's every Jason Triple X? No, it's... it's Jack uh, Frost 3? No. It's... Uh, Angels and Demons? Fuck. What's anyway. that movie? What's the movie where the guy can't have sex for 30 days and nights? Oh. oh, Josh Hartnett? Yeah. yeah. 40 Days and 40 Nights. 40 Days and 40 Nights. No, that's not what it's called. Fuck. I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, I'll well, look he, it up. Well, anyway, the, these characters are all brothers because they're all written by the same uh, Brett Easton Ellis. Well, oh, really? I, I follow, so his universe is interconnected? I've done 2000's American Psycho. Mm-hmm. This movie is about a 1980s um, yuppie who struggles with uh, not killing people. Because he's an all he's a psychopath. It was directed. Rules by, of Attraction. Damn it. Oh, Rules of Attraction. It's it's a movie that I like that you guys would hate. But James Vanderbeek plays his brother. <laughs> James Vanderbeek in name, like they don't. He does. He doesn't show up in it or whatever. So this was um, written. This was based off of a book by Brett Easton Ellis. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did. A, he also wrote Less Than Zero and uh, Canyons and things like that. Rules of Attraction. Tony has read this one. Did you read the other ones? I read this one. I didn't finish Rules of Attraction. I didn't read Less Than Zero. Mm. So this one... Um, I like him a lot, though. He's, I listened to his podcast until he made it pay per listen. Mm. But it was written by the director. She wrote the screenplay, Mary Harron yeah. and Guinevere Turner. So you know how... you know. Let me tell you how the male body works. Oh, okay. Because this was direct, written by two females and directed by a female. Okay. <laughs> It says right in the synopsis for Rules of Attraction that Sean Bateman is the younger brother of depraved Wall Street broker yeah. Patrick Bateman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she, that's this, a really uh, interesting Mary Harron person, really hasn't directed much. No, uh, she, she did this, know. and she, she did like a couple episodes of random shit, <laughs> but nothing really that sticks out. Because in this movie, you know, at the time wasn't well, a big deal. We watched a little making of type of thing, and. They didn't want her to make this movie, and they didn't want him to be in this movie, and it was like a whole thing that they had to fight for and fight for, and finally they, they just said, This was supposed to be... Um, Let him go ahead and do it. Oliver Stone, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, wow. Which would have made it a completely different movie. It also, at one point, was supposed to be somebody else that starring Johnny Depp, and there was somebody else in the trivia was attached. Um, oh, Ewan McGregor. What they wanted you and McGregor, and all of those he convinced him not to do it because no, Christian wanted... Bale asked you and McGregor, "Don't take this role. I really want it." Oh, okay. And you and McGregor was like, "All right, yeah." Because <laughs> this is two thousand. He's coming off of uh, Phantom Menace, yeah. So 
He could do he, what he wants. He didn't really need to do anything. Yeah. Even though Phantom Menace is like, oh, it was a terrible movie. It made a yeah. cubic crap he ton was of awesome movie. In it. <laughs> it was so good. He was so good in it. They were like, hey, if you want to do something else 30 years later? And he's like, I'm in. Yeah. I mean... I always like Ewan and McGregor and stuff. Mm-hmm. Even if the movie's kind of crappy, he's always good. So this stars Christian Bale, as we uh, uh, mentioned earlier. Welcome back to the podcast from... What have we done with He's Been In? I can't really recall. Did we do a Batman movie? We haven't done either Batman movies yet. We've done Reign of Fire. Thank you. I was like, I know you knew Caesar's And Equilibrium. Yes, with the... uh, (laughs) No, we have not. The gun cop. I'm always kind of tempted to do Newsies. Oh, okay. Because I really like that movie, but I'm also even more tempted to do Swing Kids. No, I'm going to Which do... is a movie about um, uh, a group of teens who adore forbidden music in Nazi Germany just before the outbreak of World War II. So it's so World it star- War II Footloose? Yes. Well, it stars Christian Bale and uh, Sean, uh, Robert Sean Leonard, who is the... Okay. And, um, spoiler alert, Christian Bale becomes... A member of the SS and uh, Elaine, Robert wait? Sean Leonard does not. Why don't you wait until we do that movie to discuss it so much? It's just a really good one. Also starring Justin Thoreau, mm-hmm. who you might recognize from such little ditties as... He was in The Leftovers. He was good. Mulholland Drive. I thought he Drive. was in the Charlie's Girl in the Train. Did, but no, he, he was in not. the second one. <laughs> yes, he was. That's what I thought. Uh, Josh Lucas. From Incredible Hulk. You may recognize from The Incredible Hulk. Which we did. Sweet Home Alabama. Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Which is something else Christian Bale was in that we did on the podcast. That's right. That's right. So I know we've talked about Christian Bale before. Yeah, a couple um, of times. Oh, he's in... Oh, no, we didn't do that. Never mind. Christian Bale's not been in that many things, though, but he's very memorable. But he... I'm surprised that John still hasn't done The Prestige. We'll see. Um, there's also people in this movie that weren't really big actors at the time, like Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> no, she was barely in this. She was because she wasn't a big actress yet. I don't know. If I think she did Cruel Intentions, and that had not come out when she was shooting this, so they had no idea. Jared Leto, it's like a cameo. Mr. Morbius. <laughs> it's funny. This is the first time that Batman killed the Joker. Ha! <laughs> ah! And Morbius at the same time. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe. Welcome back to the we podcast. We do love him. The fire. What's all the things that Willem Dafoe said? He's been in a lot of shit. Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> I like that one uh, with the guns. Didn't we do a, a Spider-Man? No, we didn't do a Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man. What else did we do that had Willem Dafoe in it? Daybreakers. Uh, yes. Um, Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. He did that. Uh, the first one. The second one may be coming around. Justice around League. Oh, oh, Aquaman. We yeah. did Aquaman. He's been in a lot of shit. Yeah. He's, He's got to be in a seven or eight. Death Note. Yeah. That's a, such a great... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, gl- <laughs> the Great Wall. Ooh. Oh, yeah, he was in The Great Wall. Such a good one. That was a great movie. The Tao Te. Yeah, the Tao Te is fantastic. That movie is so underrated. It's criminal. So what's interesting about this, this movie came out. It had a budget of $7 million. Wow. And it made $35 million worldwide. But the budget when Leonardo DiCaprio was attached was supposed to be like 50 That's because he <laughs> demanded $15 million. Because he's Leonardo DiCaprio I mean, in 2000. Yeah. He's, this is well after Titanic. He was Leo by then. Yeah. But, yeah, it didn't... So... I'd watch that. I'd watch that. I'd watch Depp's. I'd watch McGregor's. I'd, Any of those I'd yeah. watch all day. But Christian Bale really wanted this role. He's like, this is going to make my career. And I'm glad he got it because this really kind of catapulted him into more roles. 
So what did you think going in, Tony? I was like, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I read the book Let him finish. maybe f eight years ago or something. And I liked it, but I had, I had not seen the movie in so long. I didn't remember what was different about it or if I liked it as much. Elaine, go ahead. Did we do Once Upon a Time in Mexico? No. No. Okay. What did you think? I thought, I've seen parts of this movie and um, I have so far avoided it. I guess today is no longer that day. Spell <laughs> <laughs> Spartan on you. What do we say to the God of Death? Mm -hmm. uh, Carly? I, I was not quite where Elaine is, but what I heard was not pleasant. So I never sought it out, but I hadn't been avoiding it either. Because it's not like Tony's watching it all the time at the house. Or so this anything. is definitely a movie <laughs> written for guys. This was of the... Um, guys who like movies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie for young guys in the early 2000s, like Fight Club. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a little fight, I don't think this is a movie clubby. for anyone. <laughs> well, you're wrong, because this was a movie for, for young men in the early 2000s. This was, this was us. This was... This was our shit. We were like, yes, I want to kill a motherfucker, but we can't. But anyway. I don't I don't think so. Well, have you ever been a guy? No, but then, then you had don't have a dog in the Well, but, so this movie was directed by a woman, and yep. the screenplay was written by women, yep. and I don't get any of that, so. Oh, okay, let's answer. Tony, is this a guy movie from the early 2000s? I thought so. Yeah. Whoa, there. Hop along. It's kind of a pair. It's kind of a not parody, but um, what's it called? Satire. Satire of eighties. I know it says it's a dark comedy, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's funny enough to be a comedy. Which is probably because I don't think women write comedy very this, well. Sorry about <laughs> your luck, ladies. This movie wasn't made for you. It was made for me and Tom. I don't think it was. Okay, well you're wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm telling you. All the guys I know that are our age love this movie, and none of the women do. So, let me spoil it now. Elaine's going to name this movie. Am I? <laughs> she may... She, she does like to throw us for a loop sometimes. <laughs> she may not now just to be like... <laughs> I just don't think Highest it makes... Highest of gays. He's like, I love this movie. I want to watch it again tonight. Right after The Mummy. Well, if it's on. Yeah. All right, so... And she might make sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Hulu or something in The Mummy. And I was flicking through. I was like, oh, I guess it's on. <laughs> Kept on flicking. You didn't watch it? I thought you were going to watch it. If it's on. It was on. You were at home, so I don't want to miss it. I didn't want you to miss it. It's like Die Hard. You can't just skip right over Oh, I ought to watch Die Hard. Or Predator. But not Predator versus, no, versus the Requiem. Alien versus Predator Requiem. I mean, that's on, just, just it. Predator. If Predator's on, I'll watch it. Any of the other ones, I can turn it off. I'll be fine. Predator 2. Predator 2 is underrated. I have to rewatch re it. I, I don't have the love of Predator 2 that everyone else seems to. I don't know. I like everyone it. loves the death. I'm well, like, because you know I, what I liked it, it. I remember seeing that in the theater, and I didn't see Predator 1 in the theater. Oh, I, I didn't see Predator. I saw Predator 1 on a, on a copied VHS tape from Blockbuster. <laughs> Somebody copied it with two VCRs. Oh, yeah, man. Dub version, baby. Mm -hmm. You ratted God. yourself out. Yeah, like three, movies, three movies are written on it in pen. Got it. Dad, Dad got it from some guy that. 
did right. that. So we start uh, with the movie. We see a red viscous fluid. Is it paint? Is it blood? We don't know. It's I was actually like, That's sauce. That's not blood. And then I, as it went on, I was like, oh, we're cooking. That's like a compote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a sauce. So we're at a fancy restaurant. We see fancy people eating fancy desserts and fancy things. And we hear about squid ravioli. Kind of like and the menu. Food Free that range sounds rabbit. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the menu again. Squid yeah. ravioli sounds really good. So I, I, it's that hoity toity food that people act like is good, but no one actually likes. Like caviar. But we talk about that during the menus. So you want that I've conversation? Go back and listen to that. What was the raspberry with? It was like meat or none something. Of, none of it sounded good to me. They often put jams with meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when even you hear them during the movie, it's like you're going to have the peanut butter soup. Yeah. It's like, what? But I don't know. Well, the thing is, is like with the menu, I was like, okay, I can see some of this being good. But in this movie, because I don't, I don't remember, I haven't read the book in a long time. I don't know if it's supposed to be a joke. It is. Like mm-hmm. peanut butter soup, it's obviously... Is it is that some things people eat, or is that a joke? This is something that rich well, people peanut eat. Soup. Wink, wink. Peanut soup is a very, right. like, Indian thing. Peanut butter soup? <laughs> you just get a can of Jif, and yeah. you're like, here you go. Hot water. <laughs> Mix it up, and you're good. All right, so we cut to Patrick, who's eating with his buddies, and they're talking shit about other people. McDermott calls someone a Jew bastard, yeah. and Patrick is like, hey, cool and anti-Semitic remarks. And he's like... Uh, I saw because uh, he said he literally saw him uh, spinning uh, a menorah. menorah. He goes, "You can't spin a menorah. You spin it's a, a dreidel." dreidel. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Whatever. I'll get you some potato pancakes." And he's like, "Oh, it's watch it. Patrick's dating someone from the uh, east. What is it? The some kind of thing. <laughs> the thing with the thing. You know, mm. equal rights. Wow, that's a great podcast. I'm like, you know, the thing. How many uh, beverages have you had? <laughs> this is my third. All right, so the bill comes and eight it's, goddamn whiskey sours. And it's a reasonable five hundred and seventy dollars, <laughs> and they're all like, "Yeah, whatever." So keep in mind, this is during the nineteen eighties. So that would be like a fifteen hundred dollar bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they pull out their platinum, uh, you know, credit cards, and they all put them on the bill. I was like, usually in these one guy pays, like, like they do some kind of yeah. contest and lose the rest of the paper. Everybody. But they always put it on their um, business card and they it's expense right it. And, yeah. yeah, it's like well, and that's tax fraud yeah. because that's just you going to eat. But anyway, we cut to the bar. With, it is just so 80s. You walk in, and the 80s threw up in this bar. And it's got <laughs> any um, 80s fashion thing that you think of is in this bar right now. Patrick walks up, and he tries to pay for some drinks with, like, drink tickets. And she's like, we don't take these anymore. It's a cash bar only. And he's like, uh, I want to kill you and play around with your blood. But you she can't see that. bitch. So, a- but you see him saying this in the mirror, but she doesn't acknowledge it. So he's either just thinking this or it's so loud in there that she didn't say it. Think mm-hmm. about it. It'll come back to that later in the movie. <laughs> so the next morning we see Patrick in his morning routine. And Elaine has the same routine for her skincare. Does she? Do you pull it? And she no. go, what did you, you say wash about your skincare? face okay. every day in the shower four times, one of which is with an exfoliating scrub, do you? Because I'm no. like, why does he still have skin? <laughs> I don't no, because I don't He's trying to take, to his take face. a shower every day oh. because um, I don't actually get that dirty. But I do wash my face every morning and have a, you know, a six-step routine and at night Many with different do, products. With different but, products. But he like, used that mask. products are not good. He used that peel-off mask, right? Yes. And he peels it off in one piece. And I'm like, I wonder how many takes they had to do because I have used a Those peel off mask. Peel off no, they don't. First of all, you got to put it on so thick, which is probably why his face was so shiny. Like I bet well, they, they had probably, to. They might have just used latex for him though. But like latex he had to like peel it off. 
And it all came off nicely in one thing, like he's peeling off his face. You know, the you, best part? It's not good to do those masks every day. No, it's not. So as he's talking, he's symbolically taking off the mask and letting you see behind it as he's telling you about himself. I, and I also, know. for the rest of your life, whenever you put one of those masks on, you're going to think of this. No, whenever I do anything, I always think of face-off. Because at night, every night, oh, yeah, she's I, your face off. every, every night when it. I go take my makeup off, I say, I got to go take my face off. And then when she pulls it off, she goes, Papa's got a brand new bag. And then she stabs somebody in the she thigh. She back in looking like Nicolas Cage every day. It's weird. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't... It's just that weird head thing. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Go back and listen to our episode on Face Off. Yeah, you should do that. That was a good one. Good. It was a good one. The Sean Archer. But Patrick is very... Uh, his apartment is very white and very, very clean. Very white. Mm-hmm. And we get a voice already and explains his diet and his morning routine. And we see some bail butt as he moisturizes. Mm-hmm. And he takes off his peel in one move, which <laughs> is evidently really hard to do. It is. I might, I don't have any peel off masks, I don't think, but I'll look. And if I do, you can do one. And you tell me how hard. During the, during the episode. I probably do have one. Yeah. Uh, so as but he, I don't like them, so I just like put them in a drawer and forget they're there. Yeah. So we get they the, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> We get the voice I had over one then. of those glam glow <laughs> sparkly ones. <laughs> I don't hear about your face mask routine. So we hear but as he's taking me. off his face mask that he's, you know, he's just not there. He's revealing himself to us, the audience. He's removing his mask. And then we hear Walking on Sunshine. Welcome back to the podcast. The song Walking on Sunshine Pretty good. from Secret to My Success. Good uh, soundtrack on this. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's got Huey Lewis. I got the tape upstairs. Oh, yeah. And the news. Yeah. So he's like, this is why I got it for him. <laughs> <laughs> is it this movie? Mm-hmm. It's in, this and another um, thing you mentioned on one of the other episodes. It's the only news I trust. That, well, yeah. <laughs> and did you see the thing I put on the the Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, Weird Al Yankovic did a joke version of this of the scene oh, yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. Huey and Lewis. I've seen that one. Yeah. I put it on there for them. So Patrick has his walkman on and he goes into his office and he tells his secretary, sorry I'm late, is that aerobics? Mm. But she didn't ask. So we know that he wasn't out of robots. And what I want you to understand about Patrick Bateman is he's saying things to everybody around him to try to be normal. Because yeah. he doesn't fit. And he's trying to mm-hmm. say he's things that he, he thinks that everybody would want him to do. Things mm-hmm. that he should be doing. So he's trying to fit in. He just says random shit and people are like, okay, you're rich. You're the boss's son. So you're weird. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you right. say, sir. So notice in here he says, I got to go return some videotapes. Mm-hmm. He never has videotapes on him except for that one. He says it all yeah, the he time. He says it like four times. Because that's the only way that he knows of to end a conversation. Oh, yeah. I got to go. I got to go return some videotapes. Because it's something that in the 80s you would have believed. But he doesn't know how to end conversations. Because they had late fees. If you didn't bring them tapes back, they would charge you. And again. brother, if you were yeah. not kind and you did not rewind, it was going to cost you like that two too. bucks. That too. <laughs> And they had the little rewind machine right there. Yeah. It would take them two seconds to do, and it was nothing. You best they, believe they, was, they were calling my mommy. And they uh, were like, oh. Mrs. Groshen, you owe us like 50 bucks. Uh, you coming back or what? And then she'd have to pay 50 bucks. They'd put that so they shit in collections yep. and ruin your credit. But yeah, they would call our house because my mom would never take stuff tapes. back when she was supposed to. <laughs> and then when Earl's, you remember Earl's video? I don't know if you guys were in that area at that time. But no. There was a competition for Blockbusters mm-hmm. called Earl's, and they closed before Blockbusters. So she went and rented a bunch of movies that she liked and then kept 
Because they were going out of business. What are they going to do? I know a guy did that. The Hollywood video that was on Newtown. Hollywood video. He rented a movie and he said he went to go return it and they were closed. He's like, what do I do with this? He was calling Hollywood video corporate to try to return the movie and shit. They finally told him, keep it. Yeah. We don't care. We're going to throw them away. Or donate them. bigger problems. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm like, how did you not notice when you went to rent it, they were having the big going out of business? And he knew it, but they didn't know it was closing that next week. Yeah. Better question would have been, why didn't they say that when they rented it to him? So that clerk, who knew he was getting fired, was like, fuck it, I don't care. You just rent yeah. movies for everybody. <laughs> All right. Um, so he goes over his um, his day with the secretary, and she has to make reservations for a bunch of restaurants. His day is... It's all, Chloe, all they talk about is, is reservations for lunch mm-hmm. and dinner. She got a, And I'm like, go. what does he do? And Tony's like, nothing. <laughs> He's the vice president of mergers and acquisitions. And murders, As are all murders of them. and executions. <laughs> That's and then, what they all do. And his secretary is Chloe Sevigny, who got kicked out of Hollywood for a little while because of that movie she made. Did you see that? What movie? The Brown Bunny. I didn't uh, see The Brown she Bunny. She made a movie called The Brown Bunny with this guy, and in the movie she blows a guy, and they show it. And she got, in, for some reason, she got in a bunch of trouble. And it's like, who gives a shit? Don't watch the movie. But she goes, so she was gone for a while. She's starting to come back now that people are like, you know, who cares? It wasn't, they didn't make her do it. It was her boyfriend. She, she volunteered it up. Sure. To make it look more authentic than the fake blowing that they generally do in movies that looks fake? Yeah. Anyway. Patrick tells her on the way out, hey, I don't like your outfit. Don't wear it again. And she's like, what? <laughs> He's like, your outfit. I don't like it. You're prettier we're, than that. Wear a dress. Yeah, you're prettier than that. She does, by the way. In every other scene. And, she, hey, and wear, heels. wear high heels. Yeah. She does, by the way, in every other scene. Yeah. And so he said is, this out loud. In 19, yeah, you don't, you don't know what he says and what he doesn't yeah. say. Or in the 1980s, you could say this to your secretary and not get a sexual harassment suit. Try that shit now. Actually, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Simply resistible. Mm. He's so in a limo. The money one. It was Reese Witherspoon, his name is Evelyn, mm. and she's talking about them getting married, and she just wants to listen to the new Robert Palmer album that came out, mm. and she's talking about how they should finally just do it and get married, and and it's amazing that she did this right after Cool Intentions, because she looks so much older in this. Does she? Yeah. I thought she looked I, like a baby. No, but it, look at her Cool Intentions, look, she's fucking 12. Look at her in this, you're like, okay, she's like early 20s, so... That's, that shows you the range of a Weiss Witherspoon in the early 2000s. This is also a weird time. I guess it's a movie thing. It's a movie time thing. But it, this movie has cassette tapes, CDs, and VHS tapes in it. And a cell phone. And a cell phone. The, yeah, the, but the big Zach Morris It's the Zach Morris one, but still. <laughs> you know what they say? This is that weird time. Zach Morris is trash. That is oh. what they say. It's true. Zach, Watch that show again. There's that a save by the Elfie nail polish in Polish Pickup next month. And is it I Zach said, Morris's trash? No. Oh. I'd buy it if it was Zach Morris's trash. But when I showed it to John, he goes, you know what? Zach Morris is trash. And Dude, I'm like, if they had you. named they it that. I'm so excited. <laughs> Zach Morris is trash. Yeah. Uh, time out. They can have the whole, what's it called? The story or whatever? Like a collection. Collection. What's this one called? Screech? This one's Zach Morris's trash. <laughs> that would be awesome. I mean, I mean Mark Paul Gosler is a fine he human being. Care. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't care. But that he character care. was a big old piece of shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it, all, it all gave him a career. Boys in those movies, sociopath. Ferris Bueller, they're all yeah. pieces of shit. Parker Lewis. Hey, that man can't lose. Sigourney, watch this. Yeah. 
back when swatches were a big. The thing. only so nice bo- teenage boy in a TV show ever was Corey from Boy Meets World. No, the only cool teenage and he was rude as fuck to Topanga. <laughs> no, the only good uh, one he, was Brandon Walsh. Ears, ears uh, Will's ears just went blink. He had he has some unresolved feelings about Topanga. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bring up, never you ever see him again, ask him something about Topanga. He'd be like, what do you say now? <laughs> but no, Brandon wow. Walsh is a wholesome American boy who never did anything. He's an wrong. asshole. Brandon, Brandon Walsh, Walsh is not, no. he is too. He is no. He's not as bad as... Andrea was in love with him the whole time, and he pretended he never noticed, and he definitely he's, 100% he's, he did. Because he didn't want to say anything mean, because he's Brandon Walsh. He's uh, nowhere as bad as... Uh, Dylan? Zeering. Zeering. Steve? Steve. Steve is an asshole. Steve's a bit of an asshole. Um, David Luke. is a creeper. Uh, um, Dylan's just a straight up dick. Dylan's a dick. But mm-hmm. Brandon Walsh is a nice guy. He's the nicest guy on that show. But his, <laughs> girl, his girlfriend almost set fire to his house, and he was like, "It's cool. Don't worry about it." Because he's his parents pay for everything. Nah, the nicest. His dad's, yeah, but they were the his dad's shady <laughs> business dealings where he goes out of town a lot. He was an accountant in Beverly Hills. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, what I don't he, really what think was the accountant is doing a lot of shit. But buy bales of cocaine? I feel like I'm arguing against myself here. I mean, I mean, but Brandon Walsh was top shelf. Friends, tell me, Brandon Walsh, top shelf. We'll have to we'll have to revisit that. Uh, All right. See. So apparently, John's a Brandon guy. News. That's kind of a news flash. No, I was always a Dylan guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was gonna say I was a Dylan guy. Everybody was a Dylan guy. Yeah. There's no nobody loved Brandon. <laughs> Well, I think, I think somebody does. I mean, John I think somebody's a got bit. a he, Sweeney Todd uh, <laughs> cavity in there somewhere that he's like, wait a minute. There don't don't a, we talk about Brandon. There was a Brandon and his wife. <laughs> I mean, after Brandon left the show, I was like, I'm done. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, Dylan came back the next episode. I'm back in. <laughs> yeah, because they weren't stupid. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like, we're not watching this for fucking Kelly and like, Nobody's like, watching that for Donna and David. Jason Priest is leaving. We need you back. Yeah. We'll give you all the money. He's like, I'm in. Nobody's watching it for Tori Spelling. Who <laughs> was great to say by the bell, by the way. Well, she was anyway. also great in Troop Beverly Hills. Ooh. She was also great in Stab. She also has a bunch of money now because her father was a gajillionaire. Yeah. Father made all Troy. these shows that we're talking about. <laughs> and 20 more. Beverly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> are these all the movies you're never going to do? No. These oh. are so they arrive at the restaurant and he is about to cry at the thought that he doesn't have a decent table. And then suddenly he is relieved when he sees that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we see some of his friends that are there and he is sure that his fiance is having an affair but that's okay because he's having an affair with her closest friend, Courtney. Yeah. That's who who she who he says looks damn near perfect, and I'm sorry, Ruth Witherspoon is way more attractive than that other actress whose name well, I can never remember. Well, the other actress is very attractive, but she always plays in this nope. movie. She's always like fucking stoned out of her door. So what it does is not that make actress's her name? Yeah. She is Samantha Mathis. Yeah. She is not attractive. Oh, you know what she was in? Super Mario Brothers. I don't talk about that. She was also she was in, in Billions. No, she was also in Broken Arrow. Yes. Yes, oh, she yeah. was. Because for the longest time, like, where do I know her? She <laughs> is. She's like a dressed-up five. She is not attractive. Well, different strokes. Hard. To, I. I'm sorry. That's just hot takes. So I think any of the chicks were hot in this. So at the table, they're trying to up each other. He likes blondes, and you like brunettes. She's a welcome (laughs) back to the podcast. Because she was Maria Castle in The Punisher. She was. (laughs) Holy shitballs. I never noticed. Anyway. The one chick is from um, 
chasing Amy, the redhead. Yeah. She's the uh, Amy's lesbian friend that makes her sing. Because I saw her, I was like, I know that chick from somewhere. And I looked her up, I was like, oh, fuck. So they all try to one-up each other about the issues of the day where Patrick sprouts off that we have to end apartheid <laughs> and equal rights. <laughs> and, and, you know, makes him the toast of the liberal crowd uh, as he just talks oh, about all of these things. Oh, she was in Pump Up the Volume. Oh, wow. It's a great movie, yeah. Christian Bale. Not Christian Bale, like Christian Slater. She was also in Little Women with uh, Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. She was older Amy. So we That's cut to um, Patrick who gets money out of the ATM and he starts walking behind a woman. He catches up to her and says, how you doing? She smiles at him. Hello. Then they walk off together. And the next thing you see, he's at the cleaners with uh, sheets full of blood. <laughs> Cranberry juice. And he's trying to get them to get the, the stains out. And they're like, look, you can't get blood out of you these. You can't get this much blood out of anything. And they're like... <laughs> he doesn't want them to use bleach on white sheets. He's like, you're going to ruin my sheets. And then suddenly some girl that he knows walks in. And he's like, can you talk to them or something? And she's like, what is that? He goes, cranberry, you know, cran apple. Can you talk she's to like, him? That'd be great. It? <laughs> but she wants to see Patrick again. And he's like, oh, I can't. I'm really busy. You know, I work uptown. And she's like, well, we can get together on the weekend. He's like, oh, you mean like Saturday? She's like, yeah, Saturday would be great. She's like, well, I can't. I'm busy. But I'll call you. And he runs I've got away. tickets or something. And this is should have been when, go, when he said, I'm sorry, I have to go return some videotapes. Yeah. And he didn't do it in this one scene. Where, but, so, well, he was also frazzled, so. Mm-hmm. He had a lot going on in that scene. Mm-hmm. All right, so we cut to Patrick now who's on the phone with Courtney, who's high and doesn't want to go anywhere. But he wants to go out with her somewhere as he watches some a movie called Inside Lydia's Ass. Did <laughs> they show that? Yeah, so <laughs> it's on the TV playing oh, in the okay. background. I, I saw well, I was that. Hoping it was it wasn't from memory. But I did <laughs> Read the screen. He tries to yeah, make a reservation one. for a restaurant with porn sounds in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, it's all about reservations with him. But no, he's looking at the tape as he's talking to her, and it shows it says inside Lydia's ass. No. I just wasn't. You weren't paying I wasn't looking at the porn that closely. <laughs> it was in his hand. It was the full screen. <laughs> I was. Thank you. So then she said, he says, I'm going to bring in a Dorcia. And she's like, Dorcia's nice. So then he immediately tries to get a reservation at Dorcia, which he cannot. They laugh at him. Mm-hmm. Patrick calls um, and they laugh and you cannot get you cannot get yeah, like a Dorcia reservation is, is supposed to be the, the hottest restaurant in all of New York City you cannot get a reservation there no matter who you are so later that it doesn't night, really matter because she's so high she doesn't know where they well are. I have in here later she's that night he me. picks up Courtney who's higher than giraffe nostrils <laughs> and is constantly falling asleep he brings her into the restaurant and has to keep waking her up and she's like is this Dorcia and he's like yep it is and you see he's holding a menu that says Barcadia this is when he tells her that she's going to have the peanut butter soup. <laughs> Which one day, and I'm like, Ew. for Tony's next birthday, I'm going to make him peanut butter soup. Please don't. Please don't. He would rather you just make him stuff. Yes. <laughs> I was going to make you a giant Swiss roll, but I forgot. That's fine. Next time. Yeah. I got a thousand more birthdays, so. At least I don't. <laughs> we'll see about that. You could always just do it whenever. It doesn't have to be his birthday. That's true. You, you could just be like, hey, man, I love you. Here's a cake. But if I make a Swiss roll, she's going to want some. Her? Yeah. yeah so I, mean, I can't eat the whole thing. Yeah, anyway. I can't eat And I'm not going to help. You know so. what? You she just chocolate cake. You cut off the ends so that you can see the beautiful Swiss roll. And I get to eat the ends. Mm-hmm. And Tony doesn't even know that there were ends. He just thinks you made him a beautiful Swiss roll. I'm going to cut it in half, and you both get a small Swiss roll. I mean, I'm on board. <laughs> no, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Uh, we cut to the boardroom, 
And Lewis is thanking him for taking out his fiance. What? Paul Allen, who's Jared Leto, comes walking up, and he's in like two scenes of this whole fucking movie. Like, what a. But he's kind of an important Jared character. Leto. I mean, he was coming right off of my so-called life here. He was that Jordan Cavallano money. I don't know if he's which, done Thirty Seconds of Mars yet. That was no. This was that. This is two thousand though. Right around. Was, he okay. might have been doing it, but they weren't a thing yet. Let's go to the Google machine. Mole. Oh. But Paul Allen mistakes Patrick for um, Marcus Haversham, and he's like, "Hey, how's Cecile?" And he's like, "Cecile's doing great." And for some reason, I don't know, he immediately doesn't correct him. He's like, "Yep, I'm Marcus." They formed in 1980, or 1998. So, okay, I was going to say 1980. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and it's him and his brother, Shannon. Yeah, I see him on Instagram all the time. So, yeah, he was 30 Seconds to Mars, but they weren't huge. Their yeah. debut album came out in 02. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, they were working on it. Um, so, Alan gives his card to, I want to say it was McDermott. I didn't write it down, but he gives a card to one of the other guys and walks away. He says, hey, I'll see you later. Like, how about Friday? He goes, Friday night, I have a reservation at Dorcia. And everybody's like, wow, he got reservations for Dorcia on a Friday night? Impressive. And then we have the infamous business cards. <laughs> well, they all compare business cards. was like, you have to watch this scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big scene. Why are their last names in all caps? <laughs> this is driving me crazy. So a few years ago... I stand by. <laughs> Sorry, I think they're here for me. Don't go for the boat. We never go for the boat. <laughs> so a few years ago, I needed to get business cards, and I made them just like this. Really? Oh yeah, you, I think you showed me. I made them just like this, and I would give them to people to see if anybody would notice, and no one ever said anything. Not one I did. time. I did. I did. Oh, so I did you still have mine. it? No, I got mine, but I can't remember if mine. Charlie doesn't capitals. pick his. No, I made mine. Like, I brought up the still shot. You pick yours out, right? Do you still no. have some of those? Where are yeah, they? Yeah, somewhere. I don't know. No, I have one of those. Little. Mm-hmm. No, mine's in all all caps. So, hmm. that's bone. I don't have... But, so, they all compare their business cards. I don't have business cards either. And Patrick was like, none of their business mm-hmm. cards is as good as mine. You know, and then, let's see Paul Allen's. Is that a watermark? <laughs> yeah, that's a fancy yeah. business card. And he starts to sweat. Yeah. Now, the most interesting thing about this was they had to reshoot this. Christian he, Bale sweat every time. Mm-hmm. He could sweat on command. He was sweating like John was beating him at putt-putt. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Joe. Oh. Um, but people are like, oh, my God, he can cry on command. Yeah, this motherfucker can sweat on command. That's impressive. That is impressive. He's After John told around. me that trivia fact during this scene, I kept pointing out at other times, he's sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Because like he would periodically would start sweating. Like when if he, was... he gets worked up, he starts sweating. Mm. I wonder if that's well, just like one of those things. Like my face gets really red when I get frustrated because mm-hmm. I flush easy. I wonder if he's just an easy sweater. Might be. I, I, it was something I never really took into account until I watched. I watched some making of stuff, and they were talking about like The Walking Dead, and they were talking about uh, I can't remember his name, the main guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Lincoln, and there was like a one, Daryl? like no, that's, not that's him. the main no, guy Rick. And from Rick. Uh, yeah. Love Actually, mm-hmm. and he like there'd be a scene like where he something happened and he had to cry or whatever, and they're talking about how he had to do that scene like all day long, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, he took the next day off. He's like, because your body doesn't know you're faking, like you're making yourself cry, and your body's reacting like you're crying, so you cry all day long. Your body's like, we're done, dude. Like, what the he fuck like, happened? We need the next a day. break. Yeah. We got a headache. We're dehydrated. Our face is puffy. We can't go to work. (laughs) Facts. 
So later that night, Patrick is walking down the road, and he takes a, a detour down an alley. And he runs into a bum, who I most recognize from the show um, House of Cards, because he made the best ribs ever. Oh, is that that guy? <laughs> that's the that's guy that made the ribs. Uh, he's been in a bunch of other stuff, but that's just, that's my role for him. And he's like, hey, um, what's wrong? He goes, why don't you just get a job? He goes, I had a job. I lost it. He goes, wow, you smell like shit. He goes, hey, what I'm doing? I'm going to help you out. He opens up his briefcase. And the guy's like, oh, thank you. Thank you, man. And then he stabs him to death mm-hmm. and stomps his dog. I had to look away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't get to see him stomping the dog. I Peter would not. That was enough. That that was enough to the point that oh. when we saw a cat, I left the room. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I told her to. I told her to leave because in the book, I think he actually does. He kills the cat. Kill the cat. Yeah. If I oh, he's right. the dad in the Fantastic uh, Forum remake in oh, 2015. Doctor Franklin Storm. That's right. <laughs> so the next morning, uh, Patrick is getting a, a facial massage, and they compliment him on his skin. And we get a voiceover from Patrick. I have all the characteristics of a human being, but I feel nothing. Nothing but greed and disgust for everyone. Something's happening to me. My bloodlust is getting worse. I'm afraid what's going to happen. And we cut to a Christmas party. Yay. Like you do. And he, he's there, and Evelyn comes up and is like, when did you sneak in? He's like, I've been here the entire time. You just didn't notice. And every dude at this party is wearing a black suit, white shirt, red tie. Yeah. That homeless man was, welcome back to the podcast, he was in SWAT. Hmm. Oh yeah, he was the lieutenant. You're my favorite. You're my new favorite crew. Lieutenant Greg Velasquez. Mm-hmm. He was also in Pootie Tang. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll do Pootie Tang later. Which is just fun to say. Oh, and he was in Seven. Oh my God, he was in Tank Girl. He was DT. What? Oh, fly, little butterfly, <laughs> as you flitter through the mud. Burn me toast. Someone's got a Sweeney Todd moment going on. <laughs> he was awesome in Tank Girl. No one was awesome in Tank Girl. The poet kangaroo that played the, the saxophone wasn't awesome. <laughs> Friends, come back to the store. I bet you liked him. I the loosest definition of the world. I bet you liked that I do not part. remember who was my if favorite we watched character, it, you but would it be probably like, was I DT. Like that, yeah. So at the Christmas party, Evelyn has a pot-bellied pig. Yeah. And, and during this and conversation... And I said, he's not going to kill the pig, is he? <laughs> no. And he's thinking pork chops. But I during this wanna, conversation, some dude in the back puts antlers on him, and he doesn't acknowledge it. No, he doesn't react He just walks it. around with antlers on the rest of the scene. And he leaves Evelyn because he sees Paul Allen. And he walks over and makes a dinner dinner plans with Paul Allen. He's like, hey, we should do dinner. Which he's is like, also, I'll bring Cecilia. And he's like, yes. Which is also kind of funny because he's jealous of... Him, and so was Tyler Durden or whatever mm-hmm. beats him up because he's jealous yeah of this him. poor fucker <laughs> in every movie in the 90s got his ass kicked for being cool <laughs> um, Evelyn asks why is he calling you Marcus and he goes haha mistletoe alert yeah. kisses her change the subject so we cut to Paul and Patrick having dinner and he says they're at Texarkana and it's not there's not people there at all it's very not busy and so he's late and Paul's like hey you're late and Patrick tells him I'm a child of divorce what do you expect what he's trying to be cool with this guy and this guy does not give this guy doesn't give a shit about him so much he doesn't even know what his name is (laughs) or does he or does he lots of people call him by different names so so is Patrick Bateman even his real name hey you're catching on (laughs) alright so Paul tells him that they should have gone to Dorsey he could have got him in and Patrick's like no one goes to Dorsey anymore is that Ivanka Trump He's like, no, that's not her. Never mind. But he's talking about how good this place is. 
Later at dinner, Patrick and Paul are talking, and Paul tells him that he likes to dissect girls, and he's utterly insane. And Paul no-sells it, which means he's not really paying attention. Or he didn't say that. Or he didn't actually <laughs> say that. It's hard to say. But Paul asks, hey, where's Cecilia? And he tells him, oh, Cecilia's out with uh, Evelyn. And Paul Mead is like, oh, she was out with that loser, Patrick Bateman. What a fucking tool bag. Oops. But she did say that she had a great ass. So then we cut to Patrick's house, where Paul's a little drunk, and invites him in, and he's sitting on the couch. Now, the couches are all covered. Plastic. And the floor has newspaper on it. And Paul's like, hey... Do you have a little dog or something? What's with all the newspapers? Like, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, Patrick's walking around his house, puts on a see-through raincoat, grabs an axe, puts it down, and starts talking to him about music. Specifically, Huey Lewis in the news. Right. And <laughs> Hip to Be Square. Yeah, specifically, he Four. On, he puts on the album Four and the song Hip to Be Square. I have it upstairs. I'll show it to you later. Oh, okay. Have you seen it? No. That's great. That's I have it on tape, not oh. a CD. Ah, oh, man. Mm. How are we supposed to listen to that? Well, I have it right here too on my phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Twenty twenty four, and I have you know Apple Music. When he walks in with the when he when he walks in the office the one day and he has the Walkman on, I was like, please let him have a yellow Walkman. Please let him have a yellow Walkman. Please let him have it. And then, no, it was great. I was like, ah oh, man, that would have been so perfect. Um, so while they're talking about Huey Lewis in the news, uh, Patrick is he's like he's doing this whole thing you need to watch this scene it's amazing it's on like, youtube he's it's back very, very he's, like he's moonwalking and so he's like he goes he picks up the axe and goes hey paul and hits him in the head with an axe and goes how about getting reservations to dorsia now you <laughs> fuck yeah. and you see blood splatter on his face so then he pulls off his raincoat sits down and starts to smoke a cigar with blood still on his face now he doesn't have to be jealous of him anymore. <laughs> and he stuffs Paul into an overnight bag, is dragging the body through the lobby where there's a blood trail. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to notice that. That no one noticed this. <laughs> and he's in a cab and he's putting the body uh, in the back of the cab. And Lewis comes up with some other girl who's not his fiance. And he's like, oh, Patrick, where did you get the overnight bag? It's amazing. It's like, John Paul Gartier. I gotta go, Lewis. And he leaves. So Patrick goes to Paul's house with the keys that he got out of his pocket. And he has a moment of sheer panic. Why? Because he killed the guy? No. no. Because his apartment got, is better than him. Because his apartment has a better view and is clearly cost more than his. It overlooks the park. Patrick calms himself down, goes in the next room and packs a bag. And he leaves an outgoing message. Hey, I'm going out of town. <laughs> I'll be seeing you in a couple days. Megan, if that's you, I'll call you later, doll. Going to London. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> and he leaves. Nothing on that, Elaine? No, I thought you'd have some thoughts. No, okay. Anyway. Patrick's terrible Paul impression. <laughs> he sounds nothing like Jared Leto. <laughs> Which might be why uh, Jared Leto's, or Paul's girlfriend is like, I don't think that was it. <coughs> but if he didn't really kill him, then what happened to Paul? Where did he go? London. Um, so Patrick has a Walkman on the next day, and he's sitting in his office listening to Lady in Red, which is a great song, and she's dancing with me. Cheek to cheek. I've heard that. There's nobody here. Just you and me. Hey, for that wedding, wear red. <laughs> no? Okay. 
Um, he's interrupted by a secretary who says there's a detective who wants to see him. Uh-oh. He's like, well, tell him I'm not here. He's like, Patrick, it's 10.30. Of course yeah, he said, tell him I'm at lunch. Mm-hmm. It's 10.30. He knows you're not at lunch. He's not going to believe you. <laughs> so then the detective comes in, and he grabs the phone and is like, yeah, John. Yes. Yes, you should wear suspenders with the pants. Mm-hmm. No, John. You don't tip the owner. You only tip the waiter. And it seems 20%. like... 20%. He doesn't know what to say to act like a regular conversation because he's first talking about I mean, clothing work, and then he's talking about... You could start about talking about acquisitions and mergers. <laughs> just, he doesn't actually... But he doesn't, doesn't do actually, He doesn't do any of that. He has a bullshit VP job where he doesn't work. Which I feel... Which his secretary probably loves. I was just say I feel bad for the secretary who goes to work every day. What would you like me to do? Make me reservations. After that, that's I mean, it. she probably gets paid... Pretty well. Mm-hmm. To do almost nothing. <laughs> and she seems as though she's pretty in love with him. Oh, she's in love with him. She's in at the end she's crying. At minimum she's Well that would that's some scary it. shit. We'll get to that, okay? Hold that thought. So um Willem Dafoe, whose name is Donald Kimball, shows up and he says he investigated the disappearance of Paul Allen. Is this a real person? Paul Allen? No, Donald Kimball. Yes. So the detective is real. Yes. But Paul Allen's not dead, nor is he missing, so why is he there? He's in London. But why is the detective there? Because his girlfriend called, and and, because Paul didn't tell anybody he was going to London. Also, he's a private detective. I think that we need to make that a clear distinction. Right. Um, Someone called him. The girlfriend hired him because she doesn't think that he went to London. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) That's the thing is, we don't know if any of this happened at all, or. But I was like, there's different theories on. We'll get to it at the end, but. He's, he's not with the police. I'm asking no. these questions because I believe that John believes that this none of this happened. It's possible. Or mm-hmm. there's a lot of theories. Or there's it's possible that he that his family owns that building and no one else lives in it. It's possible that the lawyer got rid of all the bodies. I mean, I've heard all kinds of theories on it. But, and I mean, all of it makes the, sense. Because the writer says you, you make up what you want, you know. It's very ambiguous on purpose. Yeah. So Patrick tells him that he doesn't know anything, you know, and he's trying to... Um, He's trying to offer him drinks and things like that. He's like, no, no, I just want to ask you some questions. We learned that Patrick went to Harvard and then Harvard Business School. And Paul's part of that whole Yale thing. He's like, the whole Yale thing? You know, I'm pretty sure it was a closet homosexual. It was a lot of cocaine. You know, the Yale thing. He's like, well, I'm sure you already know all this. because I do know all this. I want to know if you know this. <laughs> and they laugh. After a bit of chit-chat, yada, 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 back and forth, they promise to stay in touch. And so what was funny about this was the director had Willem Dafoe do three different versions of each one of their scenes together. One where Willem Dafoe, the character, knew that Patrick did it. Mm-hmm. One where he didn't think Patrick did it. One where he wasn't sure. Hmm. And then she mixed them up in the movie. Oh, wow. Okay. So in the movie, from scene to scene, I was you like, can't I'm going to have to go back and watch it, but so now, now you're not going to yeah. know. <laughs> go back and watch it. So like in this scene, you, I, I feel like he doesn't know. In the next scene where he comes to the office, he knows he did it. And, and the last another scene, scene, he's not sure. The last scene, I, I, I don't think he did because he's pretty cool with him in the last mm-hmm. scene. But then in the last scene, he tells him, you know, yeah. he tells him so. So, and it's mm-hmm. it's fun when you know that she did it like that yeah. and then mixed them up on purpose so no one knows. Mm-hmm. It's actually it's really cool when you have directors that care about what they're doing. Yeah, she did a really good job. <laughs> so we cut to screaming, like oh. actual screaming. And we see Patrick, who's panting. And then you see he's just doing crunches. And she's watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like you do. Like you do. He's a little obsessed with serial killers. And you think, that's a little crazy. And then you go, oh, what's crazier than that? Do jumping rope, wearing nothing but white boxers and sneakers. <laughs> it's not, he's it not a duck. Weird. It's going to yes. get your tally whacking. <laughs> <laughs> you ever try to jump rope and white boxers, man? You th- 
Yeah, and he He's also... He's coming out of that thing. He also... He also quotes serial killers throughout the movie. You know what Ed Gein says? And I was like, Everybody's why, like, why do that? you know what yeah, Ed Gein but, said? But he said Ted Bundy, and I refuse to believe that yeah. these people didn't know who Ted Bundy no, was. No, no, he talked about Ted Bundy to Evelyn. I 100% believe Evelyn would have no idea who that is because she's a rich socialite in New York City. If it's not in her little bubble, she has no idea. She probably doesn't know anything about any outside of like the Upper West Side. I mean, she knows Janos. Also, when when was Ted Bundy? Was that 70s? Yeah. Okay. I want to say it was the late 70s. Somewhere around there. And this is supposed to be mid-80s? Mid-80s, yeah. It would have absolutely been all over the news. A normal person would have known about Ted Bundy. But she's a socialite in New York City. Is she even real? Ooh. Ooh. I don't watch your noodle. Yes, I think so. Is she Ted Bundy? She might be Ted Bundy. Maybe she killed all those people. Whoa! I never heard that one. So Patrick is driving around in a limo and pulls up to a hooker. She tells him that she's not supposed to go to men's apartments, but he offers her more money, and she's like, all right, I'll make an exception. He's rich. On the way to the apartment, the first thing he does is order another hooker on a big old Zach Morris phone. (laughs) One that does couples. One that's blonde. I can't stress blonde enough. Can't stress blonde enough. And he tells the hooker, my name is Paul Allen. Your name's going to be Christy. You're the only respond to Christy. Here's the question I had. Is it Christy with a K or Christy with a C? Or is it Christina? It's Christina! (laughs) (laughs) Was it Kirsten or Kristen? (laughs) All right. So the first thing they do is when they get to the apartment, he gives her a bath, gives her champagne. Or is it wine? Either way. It's Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Tells her to watch her vagina from behind. But he says, that's good Chardonnay you're drinking. I missed that. All right. So the other hooker shows up and he's like, hey, get dressed, put on on a robe. Not the really nice one. <laughs> and come on outside. And we see this hooker is more of a high-class hooker. She's like, she's very well done and everything. And he notices, like, well, your hair's not really blonde, is it? It's more, more of a more strawberry, dirty. maybe a dirty. Because I'm going to call you Sabrina. And he tells the girls, they must, so they sit down, he's like, you girls must wonder what I do. And they're like, no, not really, no. Yeah, we don't give a shit. He's like, I work on Wall Street. Pierce and Pierce. You ever heard of it? And they're like, no. no. <laughs> and he's starting to get perturbed. And so, I thought this first time mm-hmm. that the reason why he called them here was so that he's pretending to be Paul Allen. So if the detective is sneaking around or if one of them is mm-hmm. questioned, they'll be like, I slept with Paul Allen. But I don't know. I can't tell if that was intentional or not. And I'm like, this that's why he's doing this. Yeah. Because then people will find out that Paul Allen is not in London. He's here having sex with a bunch of hookers. Like you do. <laughs> so then he tells um the girls about the apartment and then he plays Phil Collins in too deep. And he walks them into the bedroom. And tells the girls to join him. And he sets up a video camera and gives them directions. All right, you start take, you start dancing. But then when he did the video camera, I was like, well, if anybody finds this tape, they're going to know you're not Paul Allen. <laughs> or are you? Who knows? <laughs> are you Tyler Durden? <laughs> and we hear more. He talks about Genesis and Phil Collins. Then we have a sex scene to Susu Studio. Not Susu Suicide. That's a different song that's by Phoebe. <laughs> and not Teenage Suicide. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's just good advice, though. That's from Heather's. Yeah. <laughs> So, and we have a really weird um, threesome scene here where 
Christian Bale's pointing at the camera, smiling and flexing, and he keeps telling both of the girls, look at the camera, look at the camera. So they're having fun, smiling, and, and they're doing it. I'm not exactly sure the sexual mechanics of this threesome either. <laughs> because at what it's Does like... one in the middle of a strap-on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't see any, and I looked. Because it, what is the point? It's of that girl, the front. girl, dude. What is she doing to that she's, front girl? She's like holding she, her up, nothing. just like stay there. She's not doing anything. And I mean, she's a hooker, so she's gonna fake it till she makes right. it. She's excellent at this. This hooker deserved more money for multiple reasons. But but that one girl on top there. But like, what was like, happening? I feel bad for the girl underneath her because yeah. she had to hold the weight. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like, getting cold? I am getting cold. That did not look like comfortable. I don't know the, how that would work. But, <laughs> but I'm just lady, not the 100% sure. Not down to try this. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but I did tell John if he wants to flex it, looking looking himself in the mirror, I wouldn't laugh that hard. Yeah. He just wanted to try it one time, you know. Keep things spicy. Oh, man. Tony, you go ahead and try it too. Yeah. Mm. No, I don't. I would. I would laugh really hard. hard. <laughs> <laughs> it would ruin the mood. All right. So um, they all fall asleep, and Christie's arm falls down and touches Patrick's hand, and he says, "Hey, don't touch the watch." Which they changed from the book. It says, hey, don't touch the Rolex. Because Rolex wouldn't let them use it. There was a lot of companies. For some reason, companies... Rolex didn't want to be associated with this weird sex scene. They're in the trivia, it said a bunch of uh, companies that refused to be associated with Cause, them. And that's why uh, when they talk about suits and stuff, they're very vague about, oh, it's a couture yeah. suit. Well, that doesn't this mean... was a This was a very big book when it came out. And it had a lot of controversy around it. A lot of people didn't want this book to be around. I don't see why Rolex or any of these places wouldn't want to be associated. Like, oh my God, a serial killer wore a watch. I think they don't... I think it's different now, though. But Which, the watch in this movie, for those who are looking, was not actually a Rolex. It was a Seiko. Mm-hmm. That looks like a, a Datejust, which isn't a very expensive watch for someone who would have been on Wall Street. Even if it was a Rolex, mm-hmm. he do have something fancier. Well, they didn't have the budget. So, I mean, even then, they could have got... Well, back better. then, they wouldn't have been as expensive. But still, though. It would have been about a thousand bucks. They they could have afforded All right, so then um, the girl's are like, hey, can we leave? And he's like, not yet. Opens up the torture drawer. Was that Paul Allen's torture drawer? And he brings it. Well, was, he's at his he's house. He's at his house, and why does he pull out a hanger, yeah. and what does he do with I it? I know, we didn't have to We don't know. We just see scratches on some... And yeah. so, but one the, of the hookers guys would have got punched in the face. I don't but know. But the girls <laughs> leave, and they're... Their faces Crying. are both bloody, and he's yeah. handing them cash. Yeah. It's bad news bears. But he had a hole puncher in there and all kinds of weird shit. All right, so Patrick and his friends talk about uh, women right after that. And they're like, there's no such thing as a girl with a good personality. And my first thought whenever I saw this was, a girl wrote this. Well, she's not going to change the... She didn't write the book. She doesn't care. But this isn't what John she's said earlier, before like, we watched it, mm-hmm. when I noticed that it was a, direct, a women director and women writers, he goes, yeah, this is how women write men. Which is one of the reasons why I don't think this movie is for anyone. <clears throat> because if you look at it, now he might have just been cracking a joke. I was cracking a joke. But at the same time. Just doing the, let me tell you how the female body works. Kind of a joke. This is one of those things. But it didn't land. Women generally don't like women characters written by men. Not all the time. Sometimes they do. Sometimes it doesn't make yeah. any difference. And men generally don't like male characters written by women. Yeah. Not all the time, right. but sometimes. But a lot of times. But no, but what the writer was but trying so to do. So the fact that a woman wrote 
a man, the male character this way. He's unlikable to women, yeah. and I think he's unlikable to men. Yeah, and but I she don't... didn't write it. She's, she's just adapting, adapting it, a screenplay. Yes. The, in the book, this is it's it's a it's they a did say in the trivia that he of... uses almost all of the yeah. all his lines are almost directly from the book. No, but I was making a joke about. Let me tell you how the female body works, but it didn't land with you, so that's why I said that. Yeah. Um, go back and listen. But so actually, Tony said that. let me tell you how the female body works. Is a hilarious joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Every time but, we say that, I laugh. But let me break the. You know, it was funny. Men don't talk like this. I've been around dudes my entire life. They don't. They don't talk like this. Yeah, I've I've had a couple of writer like friends of mine that are writers that are women, and they come to me and they go, so, what is it? So tell me about how the dude, how dudes talk to each other, like when they're talking about how they bang chicks and stuff like that. And I was like, we don't do that. <laughs> like I'm sure there's dudes that do that. But I was like, I've never been with, I've, I've had tons of guy friends. We've never sat around and go, dude, you know what we, you know. Because I don't want to hear what you're doing to. It could be, hit that, yep, yeah. nice. Yeah, exactly. It's, and that's, that's about the extent it. of the conversation. Yeah, we don't get into <laughs> details because I don't want to know what you're doing with, yeah. the, you know. That, that's as far as now, it goes. some it's scuzzy like, dude, maybe that's your deal. But Right, you get, you'd be like, hey, did you hit that? Yeah, nice. Or yeah. cool. Or you get a fist bump for it. That's about it. It's the extent of the conversation. And then you say something mean to him. Like, I'm surprised she fucked you with that, you know, miniature dick that you carry around with you. Because men are mean. They say mean shit to each other all the time. Well, it's bonding. Yeah. Apparently, one of John's co-workers is a lady and thinks that John and his other co-worker, Doug, should not talk about each they other that way. They body shame each other. She's oh. like, you should not be body shaming. And we both look at and each other. They're like, like, that's our whole friendship. I like, don't yeah, we're not going to stop. Doing Let's that. not compute. <laughs> we're not going to stop. We're not, not going to talk about you. We're not, we're not body shaming you, and you can't be offended on my behalf. Yeah. But you can. No, you can't. You can make an HR complaint. Yeah, good luck with that. Like, I wasn't offended. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's actually how it works. It doesn't really matter if what you say offends the person you said it to, but if it offends somebody else, it's still offensive. Yeah, I know this because I've had to take multiple trainings look, look, <laughs> on what I'm required to report. When I say, when Doug says, hey, you think I'm fat? I say, Doug, I have five fat friends and you're four of them. You can't be offended. <laughs> Only Doug could be offended by that. You can't be offended on his behalf. That's not how it works. I can find fat jokes very offensive, though. But I wasn't making a fat joke to it you. It doesn't matter. You said it in my hearing and I found it offensive and now I'm offended. And I feel uncomfortable in my workplace. Yeah, I've had to Because take, that's I, how it works. I've it's take, dumb. I have to take these HR things every year, too, and it's easy. Because they go, is it offensive? Yes. <laughs> Can you be offended? Yes. Can you call HR if yes? It's never no. Never no. It's always yes, yes, yes. Complain, complain. Everything control. God, good, God forbid someone hears something they don't like. Well, she mm-hmm. said we need to be a body positive kind of a place. And we were both like, no. Because you know what? Body positive is not going to motivate me. When Doug says I'm fat, I'm going to go work out. I'm like, fuck you, Doug. John and Miss B have been losing weight. We're working on it. We have, I mean, up until she hurt her leg there. Anyway. All right, so yeah, guys don't talk to each other like that. Moving on. Um, Lewis shows up, and he shows his new card. Van Patten talks about dinner and this. Can we talk about Lucy's card for a second? It's sure. gold. It's gold. Writing. How gaudy is that? Why didn't anybody <laughs> say it's a little gaudy? Oh, it was a little gaudy. It was so gaudy that this fucking freaked Patrick out so bad. He's like, I'm going to kill Lewis right now. <laughs> Follows him to the bathroom, puts on his gloves, 
and goes to choke Lewis. He takes his While he's taking a whiz. Oh, never mind. And then Lewis is like, I knew you loved me. Lewis turns around and he's like, I feel the kiss, same way about you. He kisses his hand. Notice that a guy... So he yeah, pulls the glove down. No, he doesn't kiss he his hand, he kisses glo- his glove. No, no, no. No, he pulls the glove, no, he and kisses pulls his hand, the glove he? down to kiss his hand. Yeah. He doesn't ask, why are you wearing gloves in the men's room? Why are you putting your gloved hands on my throat? So then Lewis goes, I've wanted you ever since we had that Christmas party years ago. And you I know you're always thing. staring at me. <laughs> so now Patrick goes and washes his gloves. Not his hands, his gloves. And Lewis is like, I'm so relieved you feel the same way too. And I thought he was going to kill Lewis. Patrick, I where are you him? going? And he goes, I have to return some videotapes. I, I thought he was going to kill Lewis. I thought he was going to use this as a no, pretext to bring Lewis back to his house and kill him. He was going to kill Lewis right then. I know, but... but Lewis Fucked him up when yes. he was like, yes, fuck me in the ass. Now, he's like, ah. But now I thought he was definitely, he was going to use that to lure Lewis out of the bathroom. Because Lewis is like, are you going to do this here? Which should have been a wake-up call that you can't murder a guy in the bathroom. <laughs> Bathrooms are for cocaine only. Yes. Only if you're a hot club. Hey, we be, keep it down. I'm trying to do drugs that over was here. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck you, man. And he's like, sorry, steroids. <laughs> All right, so back at the office, Patrick sees Kimball is there talking with um, Gene. And then she's, and he's getting her, his Patrick schedule from her. Shit, words are hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and he immediately sees this, like, oh shit, I gotta grab him. And he talks to Gimlet, he's like, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here, I wanted to talk to you. And he's like, hey, do you know where you were on the 50? He goes, I'm pretty sure I was trying some videotapes. Uh, <laughs> all day. <laughs> all right, but well, when did you last see Paul Allen? We went last to a show called Africa, Brave Africa. It was a real laugh riot. <laughs> Kimball wants to know, um, hey, could we have lunch um, next next week when you iron out where you were on this day? He's like, sure. Well, what have I, you heard? I don't understand why Kimball keeps talking to him. Because I don't understand this character at all, or why it's here. Is he? It's, it's in as far as it's there to fuck with us. Yeah. It's like a red herring almost. But I, I don't we're get supposed it. to go. Oh my god, is he gonna get caught? So. Um, is this Will Defoe going to be like the one that Boondog Saints who figures it out? I don't know. I just don't get it. it. Like, I understand that it's ambiguous whether this he's really killing his people or whether it's in his head or did he kill some of the people but some of his fantasy, whatever. But I don't understand the point of this character. It doesn't make me think that he is a killer or not a killer or it's in his head or not and it's like I just don't think no, that this the first character time has any place this movie, I don't you're supposed get it. to think that it's all happening and that this guy's going to catch him it's to it's otherwise there's no tension he's just killing these fucking people and apparently nobody cares and nobody gets it so it's like hey this detective's on his tail kind of so, so it's a little bit of tension in I this think. scene it is a lot of tension because he's like well I believe you to iron out where you were the day that Paul vanished and we'll have lunch next week oh by the way I bought this album. Do you like it? And he shows him four by yeah. Huey Lewis. So and it may News. not even be real. The album he was playing when he murdered Paul Allen. Yeah. This puckers up his butthole to the point of a decimal because he thinks he's caught. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. And Patrick says, "I don't really like singers." <clears throat> he goes, "Oh, well, to each his own." I don't really like singers. And we cut to Patrick, who's having sex with Courtney. And she lights up a cigarette, and he's like, I never knew you smoked. And he's like, you never noticed. And she asks, hey, can we talk? And he's like, yes, you look marvelous. You're marrying What else Lewis. is there to talk about? 
So then we cut to the trendiest of trendy clubs in New York City, and we hear it pump up the volume, pump up the volume, dance, dance. Some choice outfits in this club. Yes, there was a guy who was wearing bunny ears as you walk over. I'm like, there was a guy wearing a first furry I vest this and was shorts. A gay bar. But then I realized it was not a gay bar. I thought it was like a drag bar. So, I, I, thought this was, I thought he was going here to kill Lewis. And was Patrick, cage. Patrick and McDermott are talking about cocaine and AIDS and all kinds of things. And this looks like you go to bathroom stalls only to do cocaine. Yeah. Because there's a lot of bathroom stalls in that men's room, by the yeah. way. And I don't think I've ever seen a, men, a men's room with that many bathrooms. Because there was stalls. women in there, too. Maybe it, I thought maybe it was a both bathroom. You know, I think maybe it was a cocaine room that had bathroom <laughs> stalls you could do it. Only, I've only seen bathrooms like that at like maybe movie theaters or like a Airports. stadium or something, but not like a normal but, club. No club has it that I've ever been but to. But this is the scene where it's like, can you keep it down? I'm trying to do drugs over here. <laughs> if you're lucky, the club has three stalls in the ladies' room. And two yeah. working sinks. Yeah. Guys will have one stall and one sinks. urinal. All right. So Patrick sits down, and he's talking to some models, and they ask him, and he, and he's like, "Hey, ask me something." And she's like, "What do you do?" He's like, "I'm into murders and executions." And she's like, "Do you like it?" Most guys that I know that are into murders and acquisitions don't really like it. And then we cut to outside. We're talking to the same model, and she's like, "You think I'm dumb, don't you?" That's okay. Most people think that models are dumb. I'm okay with it. But there's something really sweet about you. And Elaine goes, boy, is she wrong. Yeah, her, yeah, her radar's she off. She really is dumb. <laughs> and we cut to the next... But there is, there is a precedence of sociopaths having people find them likable and, and stuff like that. You'd think you would feel grossed out by them, but there's like a aura, like a charming aura to them. That's what makes them so dangerous. Dalmor evidently was a fucking sweetheart. Yeah, and Ted Bundy... Ted Bunny had a whole gaggle ass. Yeah. He's still getting a gaggle ass. Probably. I don't know. Is he dead now? Yeah, he's dead. He's still, yeah. In heaven, but he's getting a gaggle of ass. He didn't go to heaven. You don't think so? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think he made a cut? I mean, there's cut. various different types of heavens and afterlives, but I don't think Ted Bundy went to a good one. <laughs> he did rape, raping and pillaging. He went to Valhalla. I, you know that scene in Moon Knight? Where they go to the Egyptian afterlife? Yeah, and the, if your soul is more than a feather? Yeah, I think it was... More than a blue. blue. <laughs> <laughs> they lost the feather. They kicked his <laughs> shit off the boat. Like, fuck, where'd that feather go? Mm. <laughs> All right, so next morning, Patrick is there playing with some blonde hair, which we would have to assume was from the model. Yeah. Gene comes in, and he's doing a crossword, but instead of actually doing a crossword, <laughs> he's writing bone. Bones and, and meat. <laughs> and bonies, and just writing bones <laughs> and putting any letters on he can on the end of it. So he invites Gene to dinner. And they agree, and she's and he's like, hey, where do you want to go? And she's like, I don't care, wherever you want to go. He's like, you pick, wherever you want to go. And she's like, let's go to Dorsey. Hey, oh. phone's ring. Is it? No, it's a reminder to oh. wow. watch for the Deadpool Super Bowl trailer. <laughs> <laughs> did it say Deadpool Super Bowl trailer? Yeah. Yeah. It did. <laughs> for wow. some reason, Rock on. for some reason, my phone, if I put a reminder in there, it tells me the day before. Oh. For some reason, you put dumb reminders in your phone. <laughs> hey, I'm excited about that. Why don't you be excited when we go see Deadpool 3? Actually, you should be ex- Oh, man, we should go see Argyle tomorrow. Right now? No, I'm in tomorrow. the middle of What part of tomorrow? Okay. Could you not hear? It just popped in my brain. For Tony's birthday! We were going to go see it. We should go tomorrow. I want to see it. It's not getting good reviews, but that's because people hate fun. <laughs> Tony did tell me something. Evidently, the, there's a, a pretty obvious twist that you see pretty early in the movie, and it's not very good. It doesn't. Which kind of ruins it. It doesn't make me sad. <laughs> I won't see it. 
All right, so they agree that, hey, they're going to go to Dorcius, who picks up his big old Zach Morris phone because he felt like paying $5 for this phone call. Mm. <laughs> when he probably has phone the phone in the office. At his desk. <laughs> it's too far. And he picks up the phone. He's like, hey, can I get a reservation for nine? And they're like, no. And he goes, great. And he goes, I told you no. We're booked. Fully booked. And he talks like he got the reservation. And he says, all right, great. And then she's, she's like, like, you didn't give them your name. She's like, oh, they know me there. They know me. Why don't you come by my house around 7 for drinks? We won't need to go worry about going to dinner afterwards. Yeah. So at his apartment, you first notice that he has taken up um, the art out of Paul Allen's place. So you notice there's art hanging up. <laughs> well, he took them. The art, the art in his place were a bunch of black canvases. <laughs> like I was like, what is going on with these pictures? They're just canvases somebody painted it's black. It's brutalism. Yeah. That was popular then. Mm-hmm. But he's got the... The art that was in Paul's house is now yeah. his house. Yeah. Um, and then he gives Gene some sorbet. And then opens up his drawer and first strokes a knife. And then looks at his butcher knives. He gets the sorbet out. His butcher knives are magnetically stuck to a pyramid. And John goes, I want to have that. He's like, I want that. It was kind of And I said, thank you. And I said, if you want to have a magnetic knife rack, go ahead. I personally don't care for them. But... But he pulled the sorbet out. But it's better than John leaving his giant knife on the cutting board all the time because I always think it's dirty. No, that makes sense. Sorry to interrupt you with knife chat. I also would likely think it was He pulls the sorbet out of the fridge that's in front of one of the ladies' heads. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. There's a head in that fridge. (laughs) Although I think it was the freezer. Uh, But I do believe it was on a plate. So then he goes to his closet and pulls out some duct tape. She's like, what's that? It's tape. I need to tape something. Duct tape. Don't worry. And he asks her about, you know, what what does you want in life? And Jean's like, like, I just want to feel fulfilled. She's focused on developing and growing as a person. And he asks her, did you know Ted Bundy's dog was named Lassie? She's like, who's Ted Bundy? She would have known. She would have known, yeah. She puts the sorbet down, almost puts the four, the... She also would have known who Lassie was, and she would have been like, isn't that a little cliche? She puts the spoon on the table. He's oh. like, put it back on the carton. He's very crazy oh, about his soul. And about coasters and tables. Mm-hmm. Um, this immediately kills the mood, because she's like, what the fuck? But then he sits down, and he's about, and so she's facing away from him. He grabs a nail gun. It's about to fucking drive a nail gun into the back of her head when the phone rings, and it's Evelyn. Evan is like, hope you're not Ooh. out with some girl that you picked up because you're my boy next door. You're my man, Mr. Patrick Bateman. You come back to me. So then he puts the nail gun down and sits down. She's like, maybe I should go. And he's like, yeah, you should. He's like, are you still with her? And he doesn't really say anything. And then he's, she, like, he's like, if you stay, I think I'll hurt you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about murder, but she's talking about emotional, emotional. damage. Yes. Yeah. Emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> But she's like, do you want me to stay? And he's like, if you do, something bad is going to happen. So then she leaves. It's like, I don't think I can control myself. And she thinks sexually. And boy, is she wrong. But she had, she's his secretary. She has to know he's still with her. Because in the voice message, Evelyn says, I'll call Jean to remind you. Yeah. So she has a relationship with Jean. All right. So the next day, he's eating lunch with Donald. And he asked any thoughts about where he was. And we learned that Paul had dinner with Marcus Haversham. 
And Don verified with Marcus that that's not true. And he goes, oh, you, he was with blah, 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 and you. Oh. He's like, that's right. He was supposed to be having dinner with, with Paul, but he came out with us instead. That's right. I was with Marcus. And, and I thought, no, he's lying to you to see what you'll say. But no. <laughs> no. And at first, Patrick was sweating again. Mm. But now, a relief. But nobody seems him. to know who Patrick is. Yeah, and true. Donald says to him, imagine that people think that a friend would kill Paul Allen. You believe no that reason. shit? Mm-hmm. All right, so. Patrick goes back out and picks up Christy again. He's like, uh-uh, I'm not going with you. That's not a good idea. I had to go to the emergency room last time. So he gives her some money, and then she comes and sits down into the limo. She's like, my friend told me I should call a lawyer. And he's like, lawyer. The doctor said I might have to have surgery because of some of the stuff he did to me. I was like, God damn. So then he pulls out a check. He's like, here's a check. She takes the check and runs out. Then he's like, Whew. and he's waving a big stack of cash at her. I'm like, bitch, you have a blank check. Now, see, I thought she was giving, he was writing a Paul Allen check. He and was. this was more linking her to the murder of Paul Allen. Yeah. But I'm like, run, bitch. Run the gases on fire. But no, she gets back in the car because he offered her a bunch of money. He says, half now and half when we're done. She's like, and he's like, don't worry. It will be nothing like last time. I was like, because you're not living. <laughs> Carla didn't know. <laughs> All right. So they meet up with a friend of his and we see Patrick slip something into the wine. Crushes up like a drug. Mm-hmm. And Christy, Roofies. More like floories. No? But it was the 80s. I'm sure it was roofies. But they seem like, at some point, they seem like a little or X maybe, Or maybe it was the X. Type. But they didn't have X in the 80s. Nah. It might have been a Spanish fly. Because roofies tend to just like knock you out. Right. These, These girls, girls were, got were, into it. They were teaching Did they? <laughs> Did they? Yeah, that's true. Did they? The, we don't know. A little Spanish fly. Uh, so Christy tells Patrick that um, his new apartment is nicer than his old one. He's like, no, not really. No, it's not. Because <laughs> now they're at Paul Allen's apartment. Yeah. Which, if you... If so, his fiance is looking for him, then why do you keep going to his apartment? You wouldn't. It's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> so his, That's uncalled for. His lady friend calls her drug dealer, excuse me, and is like, hey, I need your services. Take that however you want. And she's like, while she's on the phone, she goes, hey, do you know that guy that disappeared? Didn't you work at Pierce and Pierce too? She's like, you're sitting on this couch, bitch. <laughs> anyway, so she hangs up the phone. And he says, you know what I want to see? I want to see you two get it on. And I'm like, who says get it on? I mean, <laughs> I mean after he, Marvin Gaye. He listens Gay. to a lot of Huey Lewis. <laughs> who knows There's what he can say. But anyway. Um, and she's like, I'm not a lesbian. I'm not going to do that. And he's like, oh, come on. And the next scene, the girls were getting it on. Yeah. And Patrick... putting those drinks. And Patrick is talking about Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love of All. And she starts laughing at him and says, You listen to Whitney Houston? And he's like, Yeah. And then goes on and on to have The Greatest Love of All is the greatest song of all time. So then we cut to another threesome. But this time, Christy's hip to it and is trying to sneak out. And mm-hmm. we go from moaning to blood on the sheets and we hear yelling. And we see yeah, that I guess she's he's clearly dead. Like I eating think he's her. eating her. Yeah. Like, instead of eating her, he's mm. eating her. Yeah. And he has blood all over his mouth in front of his chest, and she's screaming, and she's out the dough. So she's she's trying to run. Christy opens the door. She was already trying to escape. Yeah. She's like, I got to beat feet. <laughs> she opens the door and finds a bunch of bodies wrapped up in plastic. 
Now Patrick yeah. has a chainsaw. So he's Tyler, he's got Tallywhacker sneakers and a chainsaw. Yeah. I was like, he's just chasing. He's completely Apparently, naked. during takes, he would just hang out on set wearing sneakers and a tube sock holding this chainsaw. <laughs> in there. Like, you, boy, you've never done that? Just be ch- it, it's just common. It was just a common thing that he would just hang out. He'd just stick a tube sock over it and... Be in sneakers and holding a chainsaw. You know what? That's actually, I, I believe Christian Bell would just leave you know balls away. Like, yep, this is just me. Anyway. Well, I don't think his balls fit in the tube sock. <laughs> might, might been balls. I mean, I've never actually seen anybody put a tube sock on their pee pee. <laughs> well, the night is young. You know? <laughs> leave your options open. So, yeah, if you want to demo that lately, later, we can decide whether you leave your balls out or balls in. We'll, well just discuss comfort level. Also, hi, mom. Get back to you on that. All right. So, Paul, <laughs> Patrick's chasing her around with a chainsaw and finds her in the bathroom where there's already a, uh, a body laying there, and he drops the chainsaw and starts to eat her calf. She kicks him in the face, and he yells, "Not the face, you fucking bitch! Not the face!" That's the moneymaker. Mm-hmm. And she runs. And Christy's running, screaming like you would, banging on every door, and finds a hallway. So there he is, all tallywhacker and sneakers, mm-hmm. looking at her running down the stairs, and throws the chainsaw down the stairs, and then it lands in her back. Amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, what's amazing is He's nobody like, in this apartment ah! heard a chainsaw or screaming. Yeah. There are other... So did it really happen? <laughs> well, the next day, Patrick is drawing... Um, on the tablecloth <laughs> with crayons. That's Chris, upsetting. Chris You're at a high-end restaurant. But he's drawing a dead body with crayons and a chainsaw on her back. Yeah. How'd you get crayons at a fancy restaurant? Did you mm-hmm. ask for them? Did you have a children's menu and sneak in crayons? Or were they just in your pocket? Yeah, let's not worry about that. I am concerned. <laughs> what, what worries Elaine about this movie is where did he get the crayons? Not, <laughs> did he actually kill all those people? So yes. um, he's talking with Evelyn. Evelyn wants a commitment. He wants to get married. He's like, I want to kill people and breaks up with them. She says that they have the same friends. This wouldn't work. He totally dismisses it. And he's like, I've thought about that. You can have it. <laughs> and then she starts to cry. And he's like... Like, Jesus, Joe, what? I mean, She's like, what do you Bateman. want? And he's like, I want you to stop crying and making a scene, for one. I'm fucking leaving. And she's like, you're inhuman. He's like, no, no, I'm in touch with humanity. <laughs> and he's like, look, you're just not terribly important to me. And she's fucking bawling. <laughs> like, that is some mean shit to say to somebody why I break. Like, I just don't give a fuck about you. He tells her to leave. Uh, he tries to leave, but she won't let him. And she's like, Patrick, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to return some videotapes. <laughs> Alright, so we're at an ATM Later at night Patrick sees a cat, picks up the cat And the ATM tells him Feed me the stray cat So he starts to feed That's not what it said What did it say? Feed your words it said feed me the pussy Didn't it? No, no. It Didn't say pussy, it, it said, said kitty Feed me the stray kitten Or feed me the stray cat I thought stray cat Evidently, Elaine watched a different movie. She was sitting right next to me. Mm. Mm. I'm just not remembering correctly. I wasn't correctly. in the room because I left the room when I saw the cat. I legit <laughs> well, went like, in the from book, the living nope. room out to the kitchen in the and book, shut he, the door. In the book, I remember, I got it confused. In the book, he kills the cat. And I was like, go ahead, Carly, you can roll on this one. She's like, okay. And I was like, oh, he doesn't kill him? I don't know. Maybe I thought it said pussy because he kills the lady. And, I'm, and I was thinking, oh, I guess that is one kind. <laughs> so then a woman walks up and says, Hey, what are you doing? Stop that. Pulls out a gun and shoots her. Shoots her ass. Just then the police show up and 
So he's trying to run from the police because the police chase him now. And he's setting off car alarms. And he can't find a car that's working. And the cops almost grab him. And he's got his gun out. And they're like, drop the gun! So we start shooting at the cops. And the police cars explode. Of course they do. It's a movie. <laughs> like this is his last action hero. Yeah. Um, so then he's running away and he goes to an office building and the guard says, burn the men out, oh, Mr. Smith. So Patrick shoots him. In the head. And then he shoots a janitor. And then he goes to his building and it looks like he's about to shoot the security guard, but he pulls out a pen and signs in. <laughs> and he goes to his office and as the helicopter's looking for him, Patrick calls his lawyer and confesses everything. Harold, it's Patrick Bateman. I've killed between 20 and 40 people. Leaves it on his voicemail. And I ate some of their brains. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to daytime. Patrick's at his apartment. And he's doing his routine again. And we, and we see, um, you know, see the art of the walls and the closet and all of the suits. And I want his closet. And I'm jealous. And Patrick <laughs> puts on a suit and goes to Paul Allen's place. But everything's painted white. He's like, what the hell? And he puts on a COVID mask because he was way ahead of his time. Mm. And he sees his people in there and goes to the closet where he had bodies hanging. But they're not there. There's just some paint cans. He just sends the real to ask, are you my two o'clock? And he's like, no, I'm looking for Paul Allen's place. Is this it? And she's like, no. Um, did you see the ad in the Times? And he's like, no. I mean, yes, yes, I did. And she's like, there was no ad in the Times. Get out. I think you should go. <laughs> he wants to, well, what happened here? I think you should go. And don't come back. He's all of a sudden you see he's scared and confused, and she's like, "I don't think you should come back." And he's like, "Don't worry, I won't." So Patrick finds a payphone and calls Gene, and he tells Gene that he needs help. He starts freaking out and he's crying, mm -hmm. and he tells her that he's not going to make it to the office today. Then he yells, "Just say no," and hangs up. Gene now goes to his office and starts looking around. Also, I forgot to say, welcome back to the podcast. The secretary's name Gene, also from Secret of My Success. <laughs> Very popular name in the 80s. Um, and she finds his date book. And then she finds the drawings that are in there. And these are all of all the murders and things. And it upsets her because that's some upsetting shit to find in your boss's in, um, desk. So Patrick goes to see the fellas and he sits down. And then um, he's, they're talking about, hey, we're going to go here, there. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere unless we have a reservation. Because they're trying to get reservations. And he spots his lawyer and he's like, I'll be right back. And he asks him if he's got his message. And Harold is like, Davis. Yeah, I got that. That was you? That was really funny. Imagine mm -hmm. thinking that was Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman couldn't kill anything. That guy couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. Mm. He's like, no, I'm Patrick Bateman. He's like, what are you talking about? And He's he, like, I, I killed Paul Allen. He's, he's like, like, no, I, you didn't. He's like, no. He's like, that's impossible. He's like, look, you're my lawyer. I'm telling you this. I killed Paul Allen. He goes, that is impossible. He goes, no, but I did it. Why is that impossible? He goes, because I had dinner with Paul Allen twice in London last week. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> so back in the office, Gene is looking through the date book and is horrified by the images. Patrick sits down with his friends while Ronald Reagan is talking on CNN about the Contra mess. And the fellows want to talk about reservations because all they care about is dinner. Patrick laughs and they're like, what's wrong with you? And he goes, it's nothing. I'm just a happy camper rocking and a rolling. And they talk about Reagan and how Reagan is just different and he's wearing a mask. And, and Patrick's like, yeah. Patrick realizes that none of this was real. He didn't kill anyone. This was all a fantasy. Voiceover tells us that everything is done doesn't matter because it didn't. Um, he doesn't feel anything. All he wants to do is inflict pain on others. We zoom into Patrick who realizes that his confessions 
meant nothing. Did it happen? Credits. Uh, sorry about your ears, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And what did you think? Tony. Mm. Your birthday. You have to go first. Okay. My favorite character was Detective... What's his name? Kimball. Kimball. Detective Kimball. And Gene was okay. His favorite character, I have to say, is Patrick, because he's a monster. Or is he? Uh, my favorite line is after Bateman hits um, Leto in the chest or face. He says, try getting a reservation at Dorsa now, you fucking piece of shit. My favorite scene is the card scene, of course. But any of the music monologues will work. <laughs> and my favorite trish object was the kitten. Because <laughs> they didn't get killed. Carly? I would get it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I might maybe it now. I'm, I'm cutting guys. I'm not Just letting anybody give me. Do you think he killed those people? Okay, here's what it was with me. When I read the book, uh, I was like, he killed these people and they were covering it up. His rich family and stuff are covering it up. But when I watch the movie, I get that this didn't happen. This is what I get from him. At least that's what I remember. I'd have to reread the book again. But. Mm-hmm. Okay, Carly. All right. Um, my favorite character uh, was also the detective. Um, my least favorite character was like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> there were some bad people in this movie. I was like Tony. I don't have a favorite character. This movie is full of terrible people. <laughs> well, it's a satire of you know people. Yuppies. In the 80s. Yeah. yeah. So look at yuppie culture in the eighties. My favorite scene was when Christy was running away and she kept finding more bodies. Yeah. And then he's chasing her and he's naked with the chainsaw. There's just, I don't just know. He's wearing I enjoyed that socket. scene. It was He's wearing a little bananas. bit of tube sock and a smile. And Carly's loving it. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite line is um, when he breaks up with her. And and she's like, but your friends are my friends, and my friends are your friends. I don't don't think it would work. And he says, I know that your friends are my friends, and I've thought about that. You can have them. <laughs> and uh, my favorite tertiary object is his rain jacket. <laughs> and I'll maybe it. I'm wow. not. I'm not going to choose to watch this movie. <laughs> Did you think he killed the people? I. Actually, I think it was in his head. I think, remember that episode? You, I don't, I don't know that you guys would have seen it of Buffy, where they, yeah, he's listening. Where they're like in the mental institution, yeah, or all. even in community, where they're like, you guys have this group psychosis yeah. or whatever. Where it's a, it's a, con, it's a trope that they like, do in TV shows. That's what it made me. This think is of. all fake. Like he's in a white well, room a somewhere, and yeah. it's all in his head. None of it is real. Everybody. <laughs> they did that with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. People say that too. It's, yeah. It's, it's a common trope. It was a, oh yeah, it was it's a not fever dream. Yeah. It's yeah. a Cameron's dream. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, Elaine? Uh, my favorite character is the soundtrack. <laughs> it's a good soundtrack. I, oh, wow. I would allow that. Yes. Yeah. Good choice. My least favorite character is Patrick. My favorite scene is every time Patrick is monologuing about music he likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about it, my talk- favorite line is when he's breaking up with Evelyn and he says, Evelyn, I'm sorry, but you're not terribly important to me. Ouch. My favorite tertiary object is Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> um, this movie makes me think of Enemy. <laughs> because it's Another very one. it's very surreal and you're not sure what is real and what is not real and what's in his head and what's really happening. Um, I don't think this is a good movie. 
I think it would be more interesting if it was funnier. Hmm. Because it's not, like, the Huey Lewis in the news scene is very funny. Like, with his dancing and him being ridiculous. And he goes, hey, Paul, and hits him in the face with the axe. Try getting a reservation but, towards you now. But it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the movie. It feels like it doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Which kind of makes me think that that's the only murder he actually committed. But at the <laughs> same time, like, so if it was more funnier, and I think it'd be more interesting. If they made it that he was definitely a murderer, and we were actually following a murderer that was trying to fit in, I think that would be an interesting movie. I've seen movies that are about serial killers like that, which are interesting and good. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is just... It's nonsensical, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I bet the book is a lot better. I don't think this director did a good job. And I don't think these writers did a good job, because I think this is pretty terrible. Wow. And I'm going to give it an A. Wow. Do you think he really did it? I think he killed Paul. Mm-hmm. And I think he probably killed some people. I don't think he killed all those people. Oh, well, shit. Glad it wasn't your birthday pick. All right, my uh, favorite character is also... Um, Ronald, the detective. That's not <clears throat> I thought I was going to change everybody's mind and they're all going to change the soundtrack. No, <laughs> I can't change it. No, I can't change it. <laughs> least favorite character, I put question marks because there's just too many options. Like, everybody else is just terrible. <laughs> That's um, why my least favorite character was my favorite everybody s- else. <laughs> my favorite scene is when Patrick kills Paul Allen. Uh-huh. Um, my favorite tertiary object is Patrick's apartment because... Mm-hmm. Wow! If, you didn't pick any CDs or nope, a Walkman. Nope. Or if if I was tapes? if I then was a single fellow, my it? house would look like that. It would white. be all white and clean and everything. Oh my God! John no. did grow up in a house with white carpet. I did. No. <laughs> and my favorite line is, "I have to return some videotapes mm. <laughs> because tapes." <laughs> and I will yay this movie. And I don't think he did. I think all of this is in his mind. Um, kind of like the narrator from Fight Club, where a lot of it is all in his head and nothing's real. Um, this was like 99, 2000, right around the same time. Like, I was coming off of loving Fight Club and seeing this like, yeah! It's a young man movie. So, yeah, so. Hokey pokey. I sure do. Is it well, Hugh Lewis in the news? It sure is. <laughs> Please. Or is it Whitney Houston who would not allow her music to be portrayed in this movie? I listened to um, a podcast with your uh, favorite writer Diablo Cody. Mm-hmm. She has a new movie out that you're gonna hate that I'm gonna do on the podcast called yeah. called uh, Lucy Frankenstein or something. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen the trailer. Okay. Well, they were talking about how they were making the movie. It was made by Robin Williams' daughter, actually. Mm-hmm. She's a director now. And they were talking about songs for the movie, and they're like, "Man, we really want to do I don't know, The Promise or whatever." And they're like. And he was like, oh, why didn't you do that? We love that song. He goes, because let me tell you a little something about the movie business. Some people that make music are, are really crazy. He goes, mm-hmm. I forget what song it was, but they were like, we wanted to use this song. It's not a big deal. It's not a big song. They wanted $700,000 for the song. And he goes, that's cool, but our budget is $7,000 for this movie. So we're not going to be using your mu- music in this movie. It was pretty funny. I was like, damn. All right. Well, and please. Huey Lewis was so okay with this that he did this that scene. Yeah. yeah. Please find us on facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. You can email on moviepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. What movie would you pick if you got to pick for Tony's birthday? Thank you, Jonathan Coates, who started following us on SoundCloud. Oh. Whoever Love you are. And tune in next week on the podcast. podcast. My pick.
your birthday cake. I decided we're going to redo Tank Girl. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to do 2014's Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Mm. Patrick, uh, not Patrick. You're Patrick Bateman. Ben yeah. Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. A friend of mine looked like Patrick. Uh, Pat, I did it again. We Ben Affleck from the Basketball mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Today he looks like Deadpool now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now he looks like a leukemia patient. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I thought he looked like an old baloney sandwich. A little bit. All right, kids. See you next week.